Welcome to the Good, the Bad and the Ugly NRL podcast. Here's your hosts, Rod and Dave, in the Electric Sheep Music mobile studio. Dave, g'day. Here we are. It's episode 11. I'm still in London. You're in Sydney. How are you? Going very well, thanks, Rod. I think the uh, the the second mobile studio seemed to work pretty well last week. Uh, interestingly, uh, you were at um, at Buckingham Palace for the wedding, which uh, you would have got as much of a surprise as me when uh, that you found out on Saturday that they were being married up the road at Windsor Castle. I did get a surprise when they're at Windsor Castle, and uh, it was difficult to get to, but uh, I watched it on telly, and it was. I thought it was just fantastic. I love seeing all the celebrities. I love seeing Posh and Bex and Elton and his you know, husband and just all the celebrities that were there. It was brilliant. I felt my favourite moment of the whole wedding, and I think a lot of people's, was the little blue car when they left. And it's electric too. <laughs> so of course it is. That's what, I actually missed that. I must have tuned out. I watched a little bit of it. but well, it's, yeah. it's a little romantic moment when they get in the car and yeah. Harry puts uh, Meghan in the, in the, you know, in her side of the car, it was a left-hand drive, mm. little blue Jag that had been converted to electric, and they drove off just like a romance scene in a movie. And I understand, went around the corner for the reception. Shaving, shaving cream on the back window, just married, and little tins on string. A few tin cans out the back, yeah. 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 So, um, so this week, obviously, you're still in the UK. Uh, I, when you went over, you were on the hunt for, um, for another Burgess brother, but I believe that you've actually possibly got a got a barber instead and you're in uh where are you you're in uh st helens where is that Mer- merseyside is that what they call it up there north of london yes look ben barber's um very keen to come home he's looking for another rugby league club and the, the theme of this year is who cares you can play for three clubs in one year look at trent hodkinson three clubs in about three months amazing and and, and uh what's his name moses uh moses Suley. he uh he's, he's at a couple of clubs this year hasn't he Moses, yes, very settled at Manly now yeah. for at least you know another six weeks. Yeah. One would think. Looked very good. The good. So the good. Well, I'm going to start with Penrith. Pretty impressive win over the Tigers. I did catch that uh, on the the live stream. It was a great game. I mean, it was nice to see uh, some of the combinations between Nathan Cleary, who obviously came back, got a win over his dad. I thought he played really well with um, Tyrone Peachy. So with New South Wales selections coming up, we'll talk about that a bit later, but I think there's, there's definitely some combinations there that were working. Obviously, James Maloney, he, I'd say he's still a lock. So they all looked pretty good, didn't they? Dave, also Gold Coast. Now, they were down, well and truly down to Newcastle and looked like they were heading out the door for another pretty dire loss for Gold Coast. You know, the, their, their uh, troubles are well documented with players like Bryce Cartwright out of favour. He did get back in the 17 for that game, but, you know, he had been on an extended bench, as is Kane Elgie and Conrad Hurrell's not even in the 17 at the moment. They scored 16 points in the last 14 minutes. Tell me about that. They look really good at their best, don't they, the Titans? I think the new half, AJ... Is, he, is it AJ Stimson? I can't quite remember his surname. Yeah. But AJ yeah. with Ash Taylor both looked really good together. And I think when you look at some of the three quarters they've got in there, Brenko Lee, ex-Bulldog... Uh, and a, a few others, they really, when they're firing, they actually look like a really classy team. So it's, uh, they haven't done yeah. enough of it to, to convince me they're going to be up in the eight at any point necessarily later in the year. But there's definitely good signs. I think when, when a lot of these teams get going at their best, you know, they're, they're, 
they're definitely contending for for a semi-final spot. We just haven't seen enough of it. Maybe with this new halves combination, that'll um, that'll help them. The Knights were right in the game, I thought, uh, until the last five minutes. You know, really a bit of soft defence, and it all sort of fell away. Yeah, AJ Brimson, that is, and of course AJ Brimson with a name like that, well, he wouldn't be out of place in an English cricket team, would he? <laughs> be perfect. Brimson, is it? Perfect. What did I call him? Yes. Stimson. I'm not sure. No idea. Yeah. Got the initials yeah. right. Okay. Uh, but it's a it's AJ. Yeah. Anyway, I actually. There you go. I actually loved the battle between Latrell Mitchell and James Roberts in the. Oh, wasn't in, that brilliant? Yeah, the Roosters Broncos game. There's a fair bit to talk about with that game, but I really, you've got two two young guys that are are obviously vying for for a centre position in the New South Wales team. Latrell really seemed to own the first half. And James Robert was just Roberts was um, was scintillating in in attack as much as anything. So I, I guess that the concern, if there is a concern with those two players, is both of them ran round each other at different points in the game and really got on top of each other physically. Which, if you're marking up on Greg Inglis, is uh, is yeah, there's, there's going to be more of that to come over Origin. The bad. I feel like we keep apologising all the time for Parramatta, but we have to mention it that. You know, that was a, not a good loss to the Warriors, who'd been drubbed 32-0 the week before. There was a big opportunity for Parramatta to bounce back and have a win. Just doesn't get any better, does it? Now they've got Bo Scott, ACL, gone for the season. Kenny Edwards, uh, you talked about Kenny Edwards last week. That behaviour just had to be dealt with. And in fairness to the club, they did deal with it. They've gotten rid of him. Uh, but it's just not a good situation for Parramatta at all, is it? Well, the timing's not great. Getting rid of Kenny Edwards and then losing Scott straight after. I wonder if they'd take that back if they could. I mean, that's a couple of couple of fairly hard hitting back rowers. Not ideal timing. Interesting that they Brad yeah. Arthur's made. Is it too late? Can they get him back? <laughs> probably could get him back. I, I don't you know, see too many. Could they change the email, Ken, Kenny? When we said you're gone from the club, we actually meant for the next two weeks. Yes, get get out of here. We'll see you at training tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know if any other clubs really. How many are going to be interested in him? Probably lots, actually. That you know, not everyone's got a no dickhead policy. But um, no, I think true. Brad Arthur's made a made a few changes, which we'll go through during the previews. But yeah, they're they're not going very well. No question about that. Yes, the other um, pretty disappointing result was for the Cowboys. I mean, obviously, extremely fantastic result if you were a South supporter and good on South supporters for it. But cows had to win that match. They had it locked up. There was a dropout with, I don't know, what, about 80 seconds to go. Take the dropout and you've won the match. South marched upfield. Granville runs out of the line. It's one of those absolutely gut-wrenching penalties right on the siren. South, get up and win. My goodness. Yeah, that's tough to, tough to swallow. It was lovely to see Damien Cook at the, on full time go straight to Jake Granville. His team were all celebrating and going crazy, and he showed a lot of class to go up to Jake Granville. It's no way to lose a match. The, the referees, they're, they're having an impact on, on... Well, the round just gone, they had an impact on every game, I think. In terms of sin-binning, there's been 49 players sin-binned in the opening 11 rounds of this year. Uh, that's the most since the year 2000. There were 15 sin-bins in the round just gone. In eight games that's of football, there were 15. Yeah. It's extraordinary. Four of those obviously came from Matt Chechen, who was in my top three refs of the week in the NRL. But it's a lot. I mean, there's still 11 from the other seven games. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's not only crazy, Dave, I'm going to call it ugly. The ugly. There's two things I'd, I'd like to talk about. First one would be the, uh, the 
Dylan Napa head clash on Corbin Sims. What did you think of that? Yep. Look, is it a football collision or did he just charge with the head? I couldn't tell, to be honest. But maybe I'm not looking at it properly. Maybe it was an obvious smashing head and he should go for it. Well, either way, it was it was curious because he was he was put on report and sin-binned, which is a little bit weird, using the sin-bin for something like that. Generally, you get put on report and they, they take a look at it later. As it turned out, he wasn't charged, which divided a lot of opinion, including Todd Greenberg came out and said he probably should have been charged. So it was one of those one of those line ball ones that I guess How really, really work, split by the way? If Todd Greenberg comes out and says he should have been charged, well why wasn't he charged? Like Todd, do you not talk to your guys? No, because they're they're all over the shop, mate. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing. So he, look Dave, you called it last week, brilliant mm-hmm. prediction. You said in the predictions we went through Brisbane and and the Roosters, and you said, well, this is an obvious one, and I thought you were going to say, obvious that Roosters would win. And, of course, you said, no, 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 Brisbane never lose when Jared Sutton's the ref, and, well, you were right. And I may have been right, but I'm certainly not the sharpest tool in the shed because I still tipped the Roosters <laughs> in the tipping com. Basically because... I'm just an idiot, but because I thought with all the well, publicity... I think all did, Dave. I think we all did. Well, there was a lot of publicity at the, at the lead-up to that round about... Gerard Sutton and the, the the record at Suncorp, and I thought there's no way the NRL will allow that to keep happening, and the Roosters will they just have to win this game. Indeed, I tell you what, I was all over quite clearly. Obviously, I watched the entire Manly match beautifully streamed on WatchNRL.com. Please sponsor us. Um, and gee, what a game! I mean, Henry Henry Perinara, he just looks harrowed all the time. He's got this sort of hawkish look on his face like, I'm, I'm going to penalise everybody. But he, I don't think he really quite knows what he's doing. Let's talk about the big incident. Dylan Walker's behaviour is, well, it's a bit Dave Warner-esque, isn't it? He obviously likes to stir things up, to say the least. But he actually didn't do anything. He actually didn't land the punch. So why did he go to the sin bin? If you don't land a punch and you're smashed in the head, why do you go to the bin? It was bizarre, I thought. They got a lot wrong in that game. I think clearly Dylan Walker deserved a punch in the face uh, for, for he's been chipping away at, at young Scott all game. We know he's a loud mouth. He gets under yeah. people's skin. You, I mean, you would admit that as, as a, as a manly supporter yourself, he's done that for, for sure. years. Unfortunately, the, the rule or fortunately the rules of the game have been such that you can't throw a punch. So it's allowed some of these little blokes just to, to, just be very, very lippy, and, and people are going to snap eventually. And who knows exactly what was said. I heard he was just basically saying, you're nothing, you'll never be anyone, you're hopeless. And it was all something like that. It's, it seems fairly innocuous, but if, if that's happening all yeah. game and you're getting the odd push in the back or rub, rub of the head or, or whatever, at some point, I guess, most people are going to snap. He snapped. Uh, the punches, they, look, they, they, didn't, they didn't look like the cleanest punches you've ever seen. But I thought they, there was a... Well, the first one missed completely. The mm. second one connected. But at second the time one was he quite thought, good. It's better nothing punch. And then within seconds, Dylan Walker had the biggest egg on, under his eye that you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, I was, I was quite pleased to see that, actually. Uh, I bet you were. And, and pleased to, you know, wish injury on people, but I'm happy that he's going to sit out for six weeks and he can just have a think about whether he wants to just keep being a smartass or if he just wants to play football. Like we said last week, there's a lot of great footballers that don't need all that rubbish in their game. You can actually be a good footballer and achieve great heights and win premierships and be respected and all those other positive things. You don't have to be a real prick. And I thought the way he and your hooker, Appy Corusau, 
walked off to the sin bin with these big shit-eating grins. I just, it doesn't help it them at all. Look. It's it's not a good yeah. look at all. I think the hook is very lucky. Um, the the punch from the side, at least, at least Curtis Scott was looking squarely at Dylan Walker and vice versa when he threw his punches. Those guys were eye to eye. The only surprise about that was, you know, that he was going to throw a punch, but that he could, he had a moment to, to see it coming. Appy Corusau, the little guy, has come in from the side. I mean, it's really, it's a king hit. You do that it's on the street, you're in a lot of trouble. If mm. anything happens with any sort of punch, but a punch like that, if Curtis Scott hits the ground, being hit in the temple, un, you know, without seeing it coming, I mean, that's a real problem. So I think Appy Corusau probably needed to be sent off. Dylan Walker, you can't sin bin him for, for getting punched in the face. But, you know, he's got a, he's got six weeks now to think about it. Curtis Scott will be back in two weeks. On the flip side for Manly, they, they won the game by 20 points. So I guess they'll, they'll be happy. There's a lot of history between those two teams. And in, in that particular match, I guess Manly came out ahead. Now, moving things along, mm. do you want to preview next week's games or would you like to have a bit of a chat about yes. Origin first? Well, I think we can almost incorporate that in one uh, because a lot of the uh, team selections impact on Origin. Weekend Predictions. So a very special round coming up this weekend. It's the Beanie for Brain Cancer round, which is basically on the back of the Mark Hughes Foundation and all of their fundraising efforts uh, towards this magnificent cause. Mark's obviously been on his own journey for a few years, but has done a wonderful job raising money to garner funds towards research for a cure for this disease. So worth mentioning that before we get into our, our previews right obviously every every game this weekend you'll be seeing a lot of support from the from the clubs and the and the players wearing their beanies and I know they raised well over a million dollars last year and hoping for for more this year so we uh, we wish them all the best for uh, for this round and their ongoing efforts over to you rod let's start with uh, Friday night sorry Thursday I should say Brisbane and Parramatta up at Suncorp gee you know Brisbane have had that big win over the roosters in controversial circumstances, of course. Parramatta in all sorts of trouble. Now, you alluded to this earlier. Brad Arthur, he's finally hit the button, hasn't he? He's had to make a change. He's swapped Gutherson and Norman. What do you make of that? Well, clearly, Norman and and Mitchell Moses just aren't working together as halves, for whatever reason. They looked okay last year. It's it's not working this year. I think he had to do something. Maybe Gutho's a bit more of a bit more of a, a runner without organizing anything i mean I'm, I'm not really sure to be honest but i think he's just trying to he's trying to just break it up a bit he's got to do something clearly it's he's just had 11 rounds pretty much with the same the same combination it's not working so mix it up a little bit same players are there they're all very skillful players maybe it'll just bring something else out of them what's interesting for me with this game is uh well a couple of things gerard sutton isn't refereeing for a start so all of a sudden that brings eels the eels into the picture at suncorp Otherwise, it'd be another bet your house on it. Adrian, uh, it's not. Wayne Bennett's coaching his 800th match, which is amazing. And we haven't talked about this at all, but probably well, Bennett, touch on it Bellamy. now. Be- Bennett and Bellamy, what an interesting uh, interesting day it's been. What are your thoughts? Well, it's very clear, isn't it? They want Bellamy. They just want him and they'll get him. I reckon he'll go for sure. Uh, his Bellamy's uh, son lives up there and has two young kids uh, in on the Gold Coast. You know, he's got family connections up there. He'll have had his time in Melbourne. He's going to go out on a massive high, one of the most successful coaches ever in the Premiership, with, you know, the golden boys of Slater, Smith, 
uh, Kronk, of course, who's gone, that's going to fall apart. I think it's pretty clever, isn't it? He's getting out the door right at the exact moment, just before Melbourne fall apart. Go to Brisbane with your family, get it paid a million bucks a year. Pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not bad. Interesting to see how Brisbane handle it. They've got Wayne Bennett under contract next year. Well, so. it's a bit of an Arsene Wenger situation over here in London with Liverpool, you know, legend, uh, sorry, with Liverpool, with Arsenal, uh, legendary coach, tap on shoulder. Thanks, but, you know, Wayne, it's getting a bit old in the tooth now, Wayne. Might be time to uh, do something else. No one's safe. If, if Wayne Bennett can get the no arse at safe. the end of the career that he's had, seven premierships, six at the Broncos. Mm. He's known the CEO mm. since they were, you know, in the police force together 30-odd years ago. No one's safe, mate. So, anyway, big game. Uh, I think Eels have got a lot to play for every week. I don't give them much of a chance in uh, up at Suncorp. No, me neither. On Friday at 6 o'clock, your favourite time of the week, Canberra playing Manly. It'll be nice and chilly down there early evening for the, uh, for the kids in Canberra. Uh, Manly have obviously got some problems with Coruscant out for a week. They've had to put Lewis Brown in, who really hasn't been given a run all this year, just not considered a first grader really, but he's had to play. And, of course, Dylan Walker's out. Uh, you'd think Canberra will win that. How can Lewis Brown not be considered a first grader? He was at, at the Warriors for a few years, wasn't he? He was a good player. Yeah, just a bit small. Well, the problem is he's he's not anything. He's not really a hooker. He's not really a back rower. He's a bit small for that. Uh, you know, great team player, and he's a good defender, but he's just not big enough to impact on the game. I think mm. that's the problem. Uh, George Tafua's back this week. That's a big inclusion for Manly. Uh, I hope he's been doing some ball catching practice with the old fumbling <laughs> along the ground. George struggles with the old fumbling along the ground a little bit, but uh, it'd be good to see him back. But I, look, you'd have to tip Canberra at home, I think, on a Friday night. Matthew Wright, unlucky to miss out. He scored a good try last week. Uh, I do like Trent great Hodkinson. Club player, Matthew Wright. Yeah. yeah, great club player. I like Hodko there. I think having a, a calm presence. Big, big fan of Hodko. He's he's had a few clubs this year, but really uh, a very calm presence in that team. So. I expect, uh, I think I'll tip Manly for that game. Yeah, I will too. Um, North Queensland and Melbourne are playing at our favourite one three hundred Smile Stadium later on Friday night at the uh, 8 o'clock game. Oh, well, Cowboys, they're, they're in all sorts of problems, aren't they? And Melbourne, could Melbourne possibly lose again? I wouldn't think so. Well, they've won their last seven against the Cowboys, so the, the Storm have got that going for them. I did... Did see some signs from the Cowboys last week that were that were pretty good, but it's hard to tip them. And it's hard to tip against the Storm, certainly after after they lose the week before. They'll be uh, they'll be fired up, I think. Yeah, I agree. Then on Saturday at three o'clock up at Central Coast, Roosters they like taking a game up to Gosford once or twice a year, don't they? They're playing the Titans up on the coast. Um, hard not to see a Roosters win, really, even though Gold Coast had that gutsy win over Newcastle. Um, so New Zealand are playing South at 5.30 at Mount Smart. Uh, now, of course, the Warriors have had about 48 games at home this season, and they seem to have another one. Not sure how the draw works. They must have a lot away at the end of the season. Anyway, um, I'm picking Warriors to, well, maybe get up over Rabbits, but Rabbits have been good lately, haven't they, with the, uh, the Burgess brothers. We talked about the stability in the team with both Thomas and George in the front row and Sam at lock. That's a big game. Yeah, I like South for this. Damien Cook playing extremely well. He's oh, my, he's what my about pick. that try last week? Oh, he's amazing. Damien Cook, mm. he just scorched through the defence. He really did. That was one of the did. best hooker tries I've seen in ages. Yeah, he's a, he's a great great young player and he'll be 
hopefully pick for New South Wales on uh, on next Monday. Um, up against Isaac Luke, a former South player himself. Should be a good battle between those two hookers, but I'll be tipping South. Fair enough. Now, Penrith are playing the St George Dragons, and boy, aren't they going very nicely out at Penrith Stadium on Saturday night. Uh, gee, Dave, how do you see that one? Probably game of the round, this one. Top two, top two teams. I do believe that James Maloney hasn't lost a game at Penrith this year. So that's a, that's a good thing. But I think game of the round, hard to tip. A lot of players vying for state of origin positions. Probably go with the home team. But really a, a toss of the coin. Yeah, I agree with that. Then on Sunday at 2 o'clock, Newcastle are at home to the Sharks. Now, Newcastle are struggling a little bit, of course. They've still got some injury problems. Boy, wouldn't they love to get... Uh, uh, you know, Mitchell Pearce back sooner than later, but I guess that's still about six weeks away at, at the earliest. Caelan Ponger is obviously just, just, he's just so exciting every single week, the guy's doing stuff, but it's still hard to see them beating the Sharks, who are going pretty nicely. They are. I think they've got five in a row. They've won their last six against the Knights. Knights have the worst D in the NRL, worst defence in the NRL. Sharks have got uh, Luke Lewis and, and, um, and Wade Graham back, which is huge. Mm. Valentine Holmes, Love scoring tries against the Knights. He's had nine from his last five games. Their halves are going well. I think I'll be tipping the Sharks. Fair enough. Now, the last game of the weekend out at ANZ, it's the Inner West Derby. West Tigers against the Bulldogs. How do you see that one? Well, as a Bulldog supporter, a couple of interesting things there. We've got, we've got Josh Reynolds back for the Tigers. He's only played a, a little bit of football this year. I think he played 20 minutes and got injured. So he's up against the Bulldogs for the first time, which will be hard to watch, but we all wish him well. We all love the grub. Uh, conversely, Aaron Woods is up against the Tigers for the first time. Um, Don't you love how rugby league throws these things up? I mean, it's what, good, isn't it? You couldn't time that any better that Josh Reynolds makes his return against Canterbury. Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. It should. It'll. I think it'll be a, a good game to watch for that alone. Corey Thompson uh, on the wing for the Tigers, also an ex Bulldog. No, Josh Morris for the Dogs. He and Brett have scored, I think, forty yeah, percent of our tries. Big injury, I see. Was it? I think. Was it an ankle or a knee? I can't quite remember now, but either way... Knee, knee injury, yeah. Knee. Eight, eight weeks, they're saying. Yeah, I think probably closer to six, but either way, it's a long time when your season's already totally unravelled. Mm. We've got uh, we've got a, a player, John Olive, debuting for the Dogs. He's played, played a couple of years, uh, had a few games here and there, Titans and, and somewhere else before that, I think. So, you know, we'll see how he goes. He's been killing it in uh, in reserve grade so hopefully he can he can hold mm. that, that edge up with that. Uh, Sounds more like a left. chef, doesn't he, John Olive? But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I see uh, Lola Healer's been recalled to fullback, pushing Corey Thompson onto the wing. Obviously, Cleary's needed to make a few changes there to their attack. Should be a good game. Looking forward to it. Dave, uh, we haven't talked about Origin, but should we touch on that? Yeah, let's touch on it. Selections are going to be this coming Monday. I think there's there's probably 22 or 23 players that are seriously in contention for the, the 17 spots. We've got uh, we've got a special guest coming in on on. The Wednesday for the next podcast, so we'll we'll know the teams at that point. So I'm going to run through my team, or yeah, certainly the please. team the team I think they'll pick, as opposed to who I'd pick. And yep. keen to get your thoughts. So very quickly, I think they'll pick James Tedesco at fullback. They won't want to leave Turbo Tom out, so they'll pop him on one wing. Personally, yep. I actually think the form fullback. And then there's double insurance. That's quite clever, isn't it? Because if one something happens to Tedesco, Tommy's there to slot in at fullback. That's it, and Tom can play centre as well, has has done for Australia. So I think he has to be in the team, but they'll pick Tedesco at, at the one. I would actually have Matt Dufty there, personally. 
I think he's easily the form fullback in the comp. He's certainly outplaying Tedesco and, and Tom so far from a consistency point of view. But if you get the best out of either Tedesco or Trubovojevic, then, you know, you're in good shape, but it's just hard to know what we're going to get. So either way, Tedesco and, uh, Tom on the wing. I've got Addo Carr on one wing, no surprise. Latrell Mitchell, one center spot and probably James Roberts in the other, which makes, makes you and Aitken really unlucky. He's been incredible. Done a good job on on GI over uh, over the, the the time that they they played against each other this year. So could easily go with Aiken. I don't know how you leave out either of those three players. To be honest, there are you know certainly two of them offer a lot in attack. Aiken's rock solid and, and and pretty wonderful himself in attack. So I don't know how they make that call. I've got Maloney and Cleary as the halves. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm with you so far. I agree with all of this. Okay. Oh, good. Mm. Jake. Yeah, I should have thrown to you. Sorry, jump in any time if you're disagreeing. No, no, it's all good. I, I love it. It's no, 13. Nothing controversial about the 13. Do you want to name him for me? Go on. Oh, no, go ahead. Okay, Jake Trubovojevic. If only I could pronounce the surname. I, I didn't I didn't want to sound biased, but it's got to be Jake. Got to be Jake. He looks good. Probably probably helps his uh, his brother's cause as well. Not that I think that'd leave him out, but certainly you put Jake in there, you're going to yeah. put Tom there. Oh, I agree. I don't rate... Cordner that highly, but he is the captain, and people talk a lot about what a great leader he is and a good bloke. And from a culture point of view, I, I don't think he's in the top. Gus sort of, Gould, I see, has come out and said he should be out. Yeah, that was interesting. Be, be that's controversial. Yeah, he's probably trying mm. to fire him up. I don't know what that's about. Try, yeah. I don't well, think you know, in. Gus loves the Roosters, so he's definitely them. trying to fire him up. Yeah. The big talk, of course, is 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 a lot of players that were there last year. You've got your Dugans, your Fergusons, uh, Wade Graham. Josh Jackson, Boyd Cordner, are, Nathan Peets, are all of those guys going to lose their spot? The mail clearly is that Freddie is going to go with a new, new young team, so I guess they will. So does Josh Jackson lose his spot as well as Cordner? What do you think? Unfortunately, he does. Obviously, I love Jacko, but he, he's a bit like Boyd. Like they're, not in the top, they're not in the top five or six second rowers in the state at the moment. Certainly, I mean, Josh, unfortunately, I think from memory, I think he was the New South Wales player of the series last year. Now, I don't think he's playing badly, but he's playing in a team that are just getting beaten every week. We've won a third of our games in the last year and a half or whatever it is. So it look good, isn't it? It's very hard to shine. I think David Clemmer's going to get picked. He's, he's standing out himself. I think Josh has just got too many back rowers ahead of him, unfortunately. Boyd Cordner, I think he's being picked because he's, he's been captain and he's obviously a great leader, according to those in the know. So I think he gets, um, one second row spot. Josh Rizal gets the other. You can't leave him out. He's amazing. That recent try he scored, he ran 80 metres. Super fast guy. Um, Super fast. What about DeBellin? You got a spot for him? Yeah, he's on the bench. I've got Wade Graham on the bench as well. I'm not entirely sure about his fitness. He's coming back this week for the Sharks. So let's assume... I think. I think if he's fit, he gets picked. He'll be on the bench. I've got Vaughan on the bench as well as your your reserve prop. And my... um, my 14 is Tyron Peachy. He's been amazing. And I think if you're picking the Penrith halves, then uh, you've got to go with him. What do you I think? I agree with all that. I think that's a really solid team. And I'm assuming you're putting Damien Cook in as hooker. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't name hooker. Damien Cook as hooker. Uh, McInnes yeah. is, oh, is unlucky. you got it. You've got a couple yeah. of players that could... He, if Aiken and McInnes get picked, no one's going to be upset or shocked. You know, they both they both deserve it. But there are just times where you, you do need to make a decision they're not going to they're not going to carry two hookers i think if peachy's form wasn't 
where it's at, then potentially McInnes is the hooker and Cook's on the bench as that that um, that utility. But you can't leave Peachy out and you can't carry Cook and Peachy on the bench. So, unfortunately, McInnes misses out in this case. And Origin players always say it's a much, much faster game than any normal club game. Speed counts. And if you've got a New South Wales team with Damien Cook, he is just lightning from the dummy half spot. And you've got James Roberts, Latrell Mitchell, Josh Adokar. Gee, it's a scary prospect. Tedesco, Travojevic. There's some speed. There's some speed. So anyway, I think we're more or less on the same page. We'll find out on Monday what the actual team is. And then uh, we'll see what Rico has to think. Luke Rickardson, special guest, episode 12 next week. Can't wait for episode 12. Can't wait to speak to Luke. We're going to ask him some really interesting questions about just what goes on behind the scenes. I've got some interesting questions like, do they actually wash the jerseys or do they get a new one? Love to know that. Wow. Okay, we'll see what he says about that. It's a big question, that. isn't it, Dave? I've floored you with that one. Yeah, I don't know what to say about that. It's, it's not yeah. in my top ten of what I want to ask him, but, you know, jump in. No, we'll, we'll share we'll the have load. Lots, we'll have lots more questions. <laughs> Dave, fantastic to talk to you from London. I'll be on the plane home on Sunday, and uh, we look forward to next week with Luke. Thanks very much, Rod. Thanks once again to our major sponsors, Electric Sheep Music. Thank you, Electric Sheep. We love them. See you next week. <laughs> You've been listening to the good, the bad and the ugly NRL podcast.